I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You will travel alone forever. You will die alone. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am Heather B. Armstrong. And I am John Arbright. Is post Thanksgiving week of the year getting back into the the reentry, as I like to call it, as I called it many times, of coming back into day to day life after what can be a very lovely holiday for many and can be a very depressing and lonely holiday for many. Yes, and it's a yes. weird reentry because it's almost. It's almost a fake re-entry. Like, I think the period from Thanksgiving through to New Year's can be really great or really bad. That entire like five, six weeks. There's the stress of it all too. There's the stress of the end of the year, things need to, needing to get done, Christmas, cooking, presents, Hanukkah. Everything. Like, everything. Everything. It's insane. How was your Thanksgiving? Let me ask you that first. Well, so th- I I just dislike Thanksgiving anyway, and that's has nothing to do with me being single. I've never particularly enjoyed it, but it was okay. I mean, Lexton was gone for nine days, and although that was very weird last year, it was absolutely fantastic this year. <laughs> I, I mean, it was it was great. I I saw friends. I took myself out. I mean, it was it was awesome to have the time. And it is genuinely mind-boggling to have that amount of freedom. Right. Like I can't. I, I was a friend of mine who doesn't have any kids. Her and her fiance don't have any kids. Was texting and asking me how it was going, and I said, "Your most difficult day is still easier than my easiest day," <laughs> because. I would, I realized, I mean, it took me a few days to realize that I was rushing from thing to thing to thing with this constant notion of having missed something or missing a meeting or something needs to happen because that's what I always do. And then it would hit like late afternoon or evening. Like, holy shit, I have, I could do whatever I want. I could do nothing. I could go out. I don't have to tell anyone what I'm doing or where I'm going. It was awesome. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was just unbelievable. And Thanksgiving was fine. I actually got invited to a client's house. And I'm oh, wow. I'm like on the fence. I think it was maybe a pity invite <laughs> because they they asked me at one point, I said, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? And I said, oh, not much. I said, it will be pretty quiet. My son's gone and that's great. Like, oh, you know, you should come over. Like, okay, but alone is also cool. I don't actually mind it. So it was, you know, like 15 family members and John. And John. But they had cocktails, so it all worked out in the end. For a second there, when you said that, I was like, wait a minute, what John are you talking about? Which John was there? Which John? (laughs) Holy shit, was it mine? Was he there? (laughs) Yes, I spent Thanksgiving with Jex. It was wonderful. Yeah, it was was great. 
it was actually really good. I'm glad you had that uh, that individual experience of having the, the freedom of like moving with ease from like one thing to another going, I don't have to prepare dinner for somebody else. I don't have to put them to bed. I don't have to make sure they have all their homework done. Like all that is gone. Yeah, it was. I mean, last year it was just weird because I felt like I would finish my work and then stay home because I didn't part of it was I didn't really know what to do. And the other part was I didn't necessarily want to go out just on my own. And I'd forced myself to say, fuck it, and just went out for drinks and went out and took myself out for lunch or whatever it was. And it was great. Yeah. It was it was really great. Despite the searing loneliness that accompanies it, it was actually, <laughs> it was pretty splendid. And yours was good? Well, I love, I Thanksgiving, I think, is my favorite holiday. And I know that's very weird coming from me. Wow, and yeah. I think it's because you have all those days off, or at least the kids do. So there's none of that running around. And they they don't have a lot of homework or projects. And there's food. There really isn't an expectation of... I mean, some a lot of people have deadlines. I mean, I used to have major deadlines because of Black Friday and Cyber Monday. But there's a there's a an ease that comes with those four days that I really, really, really enjoy. Because nobody's expecting presents and I don't have to get anybody a costume or an Easter egg or any of that shit. It's just family. And, 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 and mind you, because my family doesn't talk about controversial things, we just sit and catch up on the kids and cousins and what's going on in the crazy families. It's, it's really fun. And we sit and listen to my brother tell stories and there's tons of lovely, lovely, lovely Southern food and, I really enjoy Thanksgiving. Um, um, it's interesting introducing. <laughs> it's interesting to introduce, you know, new counterparts to the your extended family right. when your counterparts are from a separate part of the country and have separate ways of celebrating and separate ways of dealing with social interaction if that makes any sense <laughs> i feel like you're being very diplomatic but that does sound adventurous but, but I, I you know... make a good point though about the, the four days and i think yeah. it's something i hadn't really thought about until you said that but it's nice because you get a four-day weekend and it's the first day of that weekend that all of the actual busy things happen uh-huh. and then it just tapers off that is kind of nice. There's something, like, I, I get almost a high off of, so my kids get off school Wednesday. In the South, we never got the Wednesday off. But here, they have Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off. So Wednesday, when my kids are at home and they don't have school and I don't have to rush around, I literally get this high, like, oh, my God. Like, I don't have to take them back into that crazy mess of insanity until Monday. And it's like Wednesday night is just like like a Friday night times a thousand. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, my God, there's four days ahead of us. This is amazing. I love this. I love it. Yep. And then Sunday night rolls around. And it's like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> right back to it. Um, but I know this holiday can be very hard for people who don't get along with their families and don't go see their families or they have to go see their families or whatever and conversations are difficult and things are strained and you and i were talking about this i think was it before thanksgiving yes like actually yes. just a day or two before yeah 
There is a, a loneliness that happens when you are alone and parent alone, I think especially, um, and parent alone for a very long time, for extended periods of time, where you get sort of into these habits, not only physically, but emotionally and psychologically. You get into these mental habits of being alone and doing things alone and I will always be alone and I des- I deserve to be alone and that is my destiny. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty a- and and I think it's it's totally accurate but it's weird because it's like you you tell yourself that in this weird combination of like acceptance and punishment and determination. Yeah. Like you don't necessarily want to be alone, but you tell yourself that this is where you're at. So that's where you need to be. And then over enough time, you almost, even though you don't like it, you almost dig in your heels and force it, like make yourself be alone. Mm -hmm. And it's really weird. And you also, for me, I did this really weird fucked up, um, you know what? I'm alone and I'm going to be fucking good at it. And I'm going to be the best alone that there ever was alone. And I can do it all alone. And I will do it all alone. And of course that got me nowhere. That landed me in a very, very deep depression. But it's hard to come out. For me, it was hard to accept help. It was hard to admit that I felt lonely and I will even admit that even being in this relationship, there have been many, many, many moments when I feel like I don't deserve to be with someone. And it's not because I feel bad about myself or that I don't feel worthy as a human being. I just got so used to doing everything by myself and being by myself that it, it feels strange to have another person who wants to love and help me out it it, it has become it became a strange feeling to feel that from another person especially living in the same space where I found myself being almost belligerent about the fact that he wanted to help with something and I'm like why would you want to help with something like I have to do this alone like why are you even offering help I've been doing this alone for seven years now. I'm, I have to do it alone. I'm, I'm destined to do it alone. And it was just this stupid rut that my brain had gotten into. And I had, to, I had to go see my therapist about it because I didn't understand why I was doing it. And of course, she, was, she, she, she did her usual therapist thing. And she's like, oh, God, this is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's interesting to recognize it. I mean, it's obviously frustrating to not really understand it. But it's interesting at least that you see it. Because I think it's a, and and I say this as someone who's definitely in the trenches of that right now in the, you know, I have to, I am alone and I have to do it alone myself. That is 100% where I'm at right now. And it's a, it's kind of a toxic place depending on your, your overall outlook on it. But it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's sabotage in a relationship. It can be if you don't, if you're not aware of it. And you were you you said something about it being sort of self fulfilling. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like you say, well, I'm I'm alone, and then you you take on this mindset that makes that always be true, even if you don't want it to be. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really 
interesting. And I think, I mean, I know that we have a lot of listeners who, who either aren't single parents, don't even have children. And it's not that obviously that loneliness is a, is a single parent thing, but I do think that it, it just, it creates a really unique perspective. And I know that we've talked about this before because you're, you're also kind of confined in a really unique way that almost amplifies the loneliness. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. I, I've probably mentioned this podcast before, but I, I listened to this podcast called The Lonely Hour, hosted by Julia Bainbridge. And she, she examines loneliness from all these different perspectives. And on Instagram, we'll post either snippets from interviews that she's done on her show or just quotes from notable people about loneliness. And she, she posted one in October from Keanu Reeves. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And it's, it's a really fascinating quote. And basically what it amounts to is he was, he was talking to someone who was saying they feel really bad for single people because they're lonely all the time. And his attitude is that he's, he's not lonely. And the one part of the, the quote that really stuck with me is he says, once you know how to care for your, how to take care of yourself, company becomes an option, not a necessity. Mm. And it's interesting because he, I mean, he is, he is very single doesn't have children i don't believe and and he's been through tragedy after tragedy after tragedy i don't know if you know about this i no, i don't i don't know 100 percent of his background yeah and i think i, I mean i 100 percent agree with the statement like if you can be comfortable with you then you don't mm-hmm. need other people and i i think it's not that i feel this need like it's not a need. I know that I, I, I know that I'm comfortable with who I am and being with me. It's just a want. A want to be with someone else. Yeah, like a want for that companionship. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm I'm wandering around aimless and and helpless. I don't need it. I think it's just a nice thing. But right. then you get so deep into this rut, where even though you want that thing you won't let yourself have it or even approach it because you have to do everything alone because you are alone. <laughs> God damn it. I know. I know. <laughs> and it's, I mean, part of it's, a, and I, I'm sure we've talked about this, but part of it's that element of pride. Like I am doing this alone and I can do it all alone. Mm-hmm. And that that's where I think digging in your heels comes into play. Like, like I can do it alone. Watch me. Like you can give me 10 more things to do. I will do them alone. Yeah. It'll kill me, but I will do it. <laughs> and you're really just hurting yourself. I, I mean, I know that even, even saying it, I'm totally aware, but it is, it's, it's a rut. It is. I, I mean, he even would pull me aside and go, why are you reacting this way to my offer for help? Or why won't you let me help you? Like he would pull me aside and like, put his hands on my shoulders and go, Heather, let me help you with this. Like, let me drive your kids to piano because it's like clear that you have a deadline and you're frazzled. Like, let me do it. And it was just like, don't you understand? I have to juggle this alone. Right. I have to, because I always have. Alone. Like it echoes across the Canyon. Right. Alone. alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it is, it's weird too, because it's, I, I would understand it if the help that was being offered was really significant, like a major piece of life. But it's even those little things, like let me drive your child from point A to point B 
And Mm -hmm. we hold on to that with a death grip. There's something about it being a part of it somehow became a part of my identity. It came embedded almost in my DNA over the last seven years where it's like, no, I have to handle all of this. And how, how dare you insert yourself into make at thinking that you can make it easier for me. Right. <laughs> like this is the burden that I have to carry. Like it's just, it's just what I have to do. Yeah. There's no and, way around it. That's kind of the, that's what goes through your head. And, and it, it is a, a constant letting go of that thinking and getting out of that thinking and because i it, it becomes so embedded it it became so embedded in me and i am constantly having to work on being okay with the fact that i'm not going to be alone forever <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really stupid. Right, right. I know it's stupid. It's what my therapist told me. Um, but it's it. It was such a fundamental like part of like well, I'm I'm the single mom. I'm Heather, the single mom. Hi, you know you know I can't go to coffee with you because I have to. You know I I can now actually go get coffee with friends, which is a really 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 weird thing for me to be able to do. Um, and like my 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 daily schedule is far 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 less frenzied than it used to. it's still frenzied but with just with the just with the companionship of someone um i feel a lightened a light like i feel a lightning in my life but it's still something that i i'm getting used to um because i was i almost white knuckle clenched to the fact that well you know like doing this alone has now become a, like it's as much as is as much as part of my middle name as brooke is my middle name does right. that make sense yeah i mean it's it becomes your identity i mean like you said mm-hmm. hi i'm heather a single mom or hi i'm john a single dad and it becomes just a part of you i mean there's that idea you know if you if you want to be a painter call yourself a painter and when people ask tell them you're a painter like assume that role because then you wear that role for whatever it is. Or maybe you're a runner or a writer. I mean, it doesn't matter. And I think it's the same for this. Mm-hmm. Not, not that you necessarily like, you don't start out with it with this like badge of courage, but, and I, I almost think in a lot of respects, you almost start out the opposite kind of, terrified to be in that position but that is what you are is you're a single parent and then over time it just becomes part of your identity and rather than kind of wanting to shy away from it you want to latch onto it yeah and i mean really what brought this up was the house because going through a big thing like that on my own kind of forced me to recognize that i am definitely in that rut and it's a, it's kind of a shitty place to be. Are you seeing a therapist? I'm I'm not. I'm not. No. I sh- I probably should. I think it would be beneficial just in general, but it's it's weird because there's I mean this sounds strange, but there's no reason to get out of that rut if you're 
if you are alone. And there's no reason to. Yeah, I mean, there's no like, not a reason. I mean, there's obviously like it would be good to get out of it, but you don't really. I don't. I don't know what it is. Like you're you're so settled into it, and there's nothing to pull you off of that track. Do you want to be pulled off that track? Oh, definitely. I mean, and that's why when, when Lexton was gone for a week, you know, there were times where I would finish work for the day and not really necessarily want to go out just because I was exhausted from the day or, you know, anything. But I forced myself to go out, to socialize, to sit at the bar, to be out with people, mm-hmm. which to me felt like kind of a step in that direction. Not that I was there getting help from people or anything, but kind of being open to not isolating myself because that is, that's ultimately what it comes down to with me. As I say, I'm alone. I have to do it alone. I have to be alone. And sometimes that's fine, but not all the time. No. And I think also it should be noted. I, I don't think that we are making this or that it becomes a part of our identity in the sense, like we, we don't expect people to, like, I don't expect people to feel sorry for my situation at all. I mean, I'm a, a privileged white woman who makes a living and can pay her bills and my kids are healthy and we, they go to really good schools. And I think what it, for me, it was, you need to understand this part of my life to understand the look on my face, <laughs> or you need to understand this part of my facet of my identity to, to understand the look in my eye. Um, <laughs> I may be a little frazzled. I may not answer your email, but it's because I am juggling this amount and this is who I am. And I apologize or just understand. Um, and I So this weekend, I was thinking about this when when I was alone, I, you know, being inside of it for six or seven years, I called my friends quite a bit to come over and be with me. Um, I had some very, I still have some very generous friends who would, knowing that I couldn't leave my kids because I'm there by, they're there by themselves, they would come over and they would have a glass of wine with me. Like I did that a lot. Um, I reached out because I was craving just having someone else in the room to talk to. And especially over like Thanksgiving holidays and, and Christmas holidays, I would always call my friend Ashley or my friend Ivy or my friend Stacia and have them come over and we would sip wine. And I noticed, you know, this weekend we had all the kids and we were so busy with the kids and what we were doing with them that I realized I haven't because I have this companionship of my life that I haven't reached out to my friends as much as I used to. And for a second, for a second, I was like, wait a minute, I was the one calling my friends all the time. Why weren't they calling me? And then I realized, oh, wait a minute, I have now been living with someone who has children since August. I realized just how busy life is. It's hard now to call and socialize. You have to really plan for it. You can't just call somebody and go, can you come over tonight? There's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. It's a, just a different version of the same challenge kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you, I mean, you do, it's exactly like you'd call your friends and have someone come over and it wasn't even like you, it wasn't a date. You just wanted that companionship. 
Yeah. Like that I other person. I wanted to talk to somebody. Person, yeah. yeah. And I mean, we've both talked, like both Lita and Lexton are great in conversation. Like we have great relationships with them, but talking to a 14-year-old is still talking to a 14-year-old. <laughs> and when you talk to them all day, every day, eventually you just need a change of pace. I mean, yeah. a, a big change of pace. Well, and you want to know what, you know, you want to know, you want to have a conversation about politics and and adult things, adult things right? with another adult. And you want to know what's going on in their lives. And I just, I realized, especially during year five and year six and year seven of being single like it was just like me reaching out all the time going if you ever want to come over i'm here (laughs) right yeah i'll buy the wine (laughs) but you're right though it's not a matter of like wanting pity or wanting people to feel bad like i don't i don't say that i'm in that rut and want everyone to go oh poor guy i like that i don't even feel that way about myself it's almost it's just more of this sort of a self discovery just a like i hate saying this but sort of a philosophical <laughs> look at what it's what it means to be alone or mm-hmm. and what what it means to be alone versus to be lonely yeah because they're very different things and it's i don't feel bad for myself and i don't want anyone else to feel bad for me it's just really interesting to look at where my headspace was five years ago versus where it was three years ago when all of this started and wonder where it will be in another three to five years. While also being very aware that I have a big say in where that headspace ends up. I mean, (laughs) can't just sit back and be like, everything will be fine. (laughs) But it's really interesting. It really is. I, I did a lot of speaking, and I write about this in my book. I did a lot of speaking during 2015, 2016, and traveled quite a bit by myself and saw all of these amazing things around the world by myself. And I was lucky. I was really lucky to be able to do that and was completely dumbfounded by the beauty of majesty of this world, you know, and there was a profound loneliness in the fact that I couldn't turn to somebody next to me and go, oh my God, can you believe this? Oh my God, can you believe what we're seeing? That from that traveling alone really drove it home for me. Just, okay, well, I've got to, I've got to buckle down and get, wrap my head around this and be okay with it. But what's interesting is, so Cowboy um, went to Italy with his son, who was also a part of this choir that traveled to Italy. He was there back in 2010, I think. And he felt a profound loneliness uh, in a specific city, uh, Assisi. Did I talk about Assisi last week? No. Um, And we were there together this year. um, And we arrived in Assisi, um, which is this town in the middle of, of Italy and you arrive at the train station and you get into a cab and you basically travel up this hill onto the set of Game of Thrones and (sighs) you rise above the fog that is sitting in the valley and the fog completely surrounds this like castle-like fortress of a town. I saw those photos, okay. Like a sea. Right. 
and I like we put our, we ran up and put our luggage away and I we set out to look at everything and I was just gasping because I couldn't I really couldn't believe my eyes what I was seeing it didn't look real it looked like a CGI effect and it was so incredible to be there with someone who was having the same reaction and he was so thankful to be there with someone who was appreciating it and it drove the my point home where it was like it's really nice to be able to turn to someone when you're witnessing something beautiful to say isn't this amazing and to have that person affirm you yeah but yeah the, the traveling alone in 2016 is was really what made me be like, okay, Heather, you have to accept this and go forward knowing that this could be it. Right. You will travel alone forever. Right. You will die alone. <laughs> you will see the pyramids alone. <laughs> but that's an interesting way to put it is you have to, and maybe that's what causes the rut because I think you have to get to a point where you are okay with it. Like mm-hmm. you're, you acknowledge that this is where you're at. You're comfortable with yourself. I think if you can't get to that point, then it's going to cause some rocks when you are in a relationship because you need to be comfortable with who you are. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like you came to that realization and then swung the pendulum a little too far. Like then you say, I'm so okay with it. I need to do everything on my own. Forever. Right. And I think that's kind of where my pendulum is headed. <laughs> like <laughs> which I, I'm not I'm not upset about in a sense because there was a certain point where I felt like I I didn't want to be alone just because I I needed to have another body present, like another person to talk to, which is a, the wrong reason for it. And that comes back to like the week of Thanksgiving, me forcing myself out to be alone, mm-hmm. to take myself out, to do things with myself and to not do it out of pity, but to do it because I want to do it. I want to just go out. But somehow you have to be able to be okay doing that and also acknowledge that when you no longer have to do that, that's okay. Right. And that is far easier said than done, I think. Far, far easier <laughs> said than done, yeah. <laughs> as you as you say from the other side. As I Again, like I... You know, I haven't seen my therapist since I saw her once after the treatment. And I mean, I've, I, I've seen her enough that whenever I get into a, a, a rut of any kind, I, I think about, okay, well, what would she say to me? And then I do, then I do the exact thing that I know that she would say to me and it works. And it like, I just hear her voice in my head going, you know, the answer to this and But it really was this really weird transition of coming here and, you know, he offered his home to me and my kids, which is a huge gesture. And I accepted that, but it was the little things. I mean, I accepted, I accepted the fact that he wanted us to live with him, which was huge. Like that's the biggest thing ever. Oh yeah. But it was the little things that I was like, but, but, but no, like I have to no, like I, I, I spent a year and a half ac- accepting that this was my fate. So just stand there and I, I'll continue doing all of the drudgery without any help. And the pendulum had swung too far. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Do you think, now that you're kind of in the thick of it, that there is maybe sort of this subconscious worry that if you, if you accept this help, in not not in an unhealthy way, but become a become dependent on someone for these certain things, that there's like this lingering fear that you'll you'll get used to that, and then if things change again, oh, that the rug will get completely ripped out from um, from underneath me. Right. I mean, like I feel like that that is a constant thing that goes through right? my head. Like I can do everything alone right now, but if I hand things over and that yeah. person decides to just fuck off. It's like, then yeah, you're like, you have to minute. remember how to juggle it again. <laughs> yes. So if you constantly juggle it yourself, you never have to worry about that, which saying it, it's completely stupid, but <laughs> it also kind of makes sense. Basically the worry of if I hand this over, what happens if the rug gets pulled out from underneath me? Exactly. Then, then I go back, then do I have to go back to the pain of like accepting it and drilling it into my brain again? Um, yeah, of course. I think... I think most people in relationships go through that um, feeling, right? Um, yes. What happens if this all falls apart? My car is big enough to carry everybody. So there's four kids and two adults. And my car is basically the one that we drive when we're all together. And he knows. <laughs> he knows as much as Lita knows. <laughs> If you were to ask Lita, Lita, what is your mom's least favorite thing in the world? <laughs> she would go, one, driving, two, putting lights on a Christmas tree. <laughs> wow, it's even it's even above that. Oh, damn. It's even above that. Like, she would say, my mom hates to drive. Don't ask my mom to drive anywhere. And he knows that, like, driving is, like, my least favorite activity. And so he does all the driving when we're together. And I have, I have given that up to him. And I will ask him and I will gladly give it to him and I don't feel guilty. And I feel like that is that one little inch is such progress for me um, and accepting it and being okay with it. I, I know it's so stupid. <laughs> People have really major problems in their lives. And I'm like, will you please drive? <laughs> but But that's an interesting example because you're handing something over, which is big, but it's something that you're also taking part in like for him to drive mm -hmm. your kids to school you're not actually there like he's doing it and coming back and that's fine but when he's driving you're handing over literally handing over the keys and taking part at the same time yeah and what's also what i have found really really interesting and pleasant and affirming about this is we shop together like we grocery shop together which 
I mean, that's amazing to have somebody who, who, that, like, I don't grocery shop with my kids because that's, uh, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Do not grocery shop with my children. I have no tips for shopping with your children because I refuse to do it. But having an extra set of hands, like at Costco or Trader Joe's, which is always mobbed, like he and I always grocery shop together. And what a lovely, lovely, lovely change in my life. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And I know, again, it sounds so stupid, but to have somebody who wants to go grocery shopping and is is okay with like going to grab the milk while I grab the orange juice and it's <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> maybe it maybe it is stupid. I I love grocery shopping. Like I think grocery shopping with kids is hell. But grocery shopping itself is actually pretty great. Mm-hmm. So to have a companion, it's it's all right. And you yeah. put me in one of those grocery stores that has like the little sample cups of coffee. Oh, <laughs> fucking perfect. I love that. I will leisure shop for groceries and it's great. Mm-hmm. So he drives to and from and you have a grocery shopping companion. Mm-hmm. He will he will drive to and from the, the grocery store as well. Like whenever we were, we're together, he, he will drive because he knows it's like the thing about being alone that really just drove me into the ground. Yeah. No pun intended. Well, and there was a lot of driving. I mean. There was a lot of driving. So not only do you hate it, you were. You spend some time in the car. Well, I think I actually had this memory. I'm surprised that I didn't write about this in my book, but uh, it was the Monday before Thanksgiving in 2016. And Marlo had therapy. And during those days, Lita had to drive with us because um, I think she was too young. to. I didn't want her to stay home alone that long. And so... I don't know what it's like where you live, but in Utah, the week, the, the entire week of Thanksgiving is just a shit show. Oh, yeah. It's the there's, same here. There's no parking anywhere. Traffic is crazy everywhere. It's just, you know, people, 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 people. Well, Marlowe's therapist is across the valley. It takes an hour to get there on a good day. And I left super early and got stuck in traffic and could not get out of traffic and her appointment was at five and by five forty-five, like i'm still 30 minutes away oh wow I, we sat in traffic for like two and a half hours holy that shit night. i remember one i was devastated because i never miss an appointment i'm never late to an appointment and here i was i had done this to him and I was sitting in traffic for two and a half hours with a kid who was super, super, super bored. And I remember that specific car ride being a turning point in my depression. That was like, I, like it, it was really, really hard to recover from that night because of like the significance of like the mistakes that I had made, which become really compounded when you're by yourself and trying to hold it together for your kids. And Oh, yeah. So when Lita jokes about the fact that I hate to drive, I'm going to go, listen, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't make me break out the stories. That's right. And there's plenty. There's plenty of them. (laughs) Yeah. You do, though. You start to compound all of those little things. 
And it's really easy to pile them on because you become so self-critical. You do, especially when you're alone, you're like, oh God, I did that wrong. Or I did that wrong. Or I did that wrong. And that's all on me. That's all on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which and is, I have to clean it up. And it's funny though, because the vast majority of those things, if I was with someone who did them, I either wouldn't notice or I wouldn't care. Like yeah. They're not big. They're not big deals at all if someone else were to do them. But again, it comes back to that. I am alone and I will always be alone and I'm going to kick ass alone. So every, every slip is like, it's, it's basically a chip in that wall you've built around yourself. Mm -hmm. Like this idea of the perfect successful single unit. The other night, um, we, we are, we like to, he likes to cook a lot, which has, and, and it sparked my curiosity about cooking. I know I am turning into bizarre, a completely yeah. different person. This is bizarre. Uh, we're, we're exploring soups because it's like soup season and we had bought this asparagus and he was making this incredible asparagus soup. And part of it is you have to cook it up in the saucepan and then you stick it in a blender to blend all the ingredients. He, uh, <laughs> he poured all the contents of the soup into the blender and he stuck the, the top on and when he <laughs> hit the button <laughs> oh no it exploded <laughs> oh the top came off the, half of it was half of the top came off oh it's the heat he, I, is that what it yep, was that, it's we the couldn't heat. figure it out we couldn't figure it out and it it just it went everywhere i mean it went it went everywhere there was soup everywhere. I mean, there was still enough to eat, but like there was soup splattered like 500 yards from that Oh, blender. yeah. <laughs> when it happened, I was like, oh, God, that's unfortunate. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal. We'll just clean it up after. That was my reaction, right? Because, I mean, we're here together. Who cares? Right. And afterward, I realized and he realized my realization was if I had been alone and I had done that. You would have that, like burned the fucking kitchen down. I would have burned the kitchen down. I have been so mad at myself oh, yeah. and so mad at the blender and so mad at the soup. I would have been just like, why, why, why am I such a failure at this? Yep. And he realized that he was with someone who wasn't angry at him. And I didn't like laugh at his mistake I mean, I laughed with him about the absurdity of right. it, but like we both realized that because we were there together, like it was fine. Everything was fine. Like it was totally fine. <laughs> right. It's, it's almost like having that, that other presence helps you see, like take a step back and see the bigger picture. Like, yes, yeah, this like, is oh. shitty, but really it's not a big deal. You know, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't my fault. Right. It's just a yeah. thing that happened. Yeah. yeah. I do think that happened once years ago with Hex making I don't, a tomato soup of some sort. And we figured out that it was the heat because the heat it was makes so the top hot. Go off? And yeah, and it will lift the top off. So what we did for future batches is we'd put it in the blender and pulse it a few times and then take the lid off and let some of the steam out. And then it tended to be okay. 
thank you for this. I mean, I hope that was because it it did the exact same thing. It was like a it made a popping sound and oh shit, it was everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah. Almost enough to make you never want to blend soup again. <laughs> I found soup everywhere. Yeah. There was soup every I'm still finding soup. Yes. Yeah. Like these little was... flecks that are somehow in a room that doesn't even have a yeah. line of sight to the kitchen. And there is the soup. <laughs> this is good to know. Because we're like we have on, on deck, like we're going to make a tomato soup and like a carrot soup and squash soup. And yeah. Yep. But that was the first time that had happened. Well, it's either that or you could just get an immersion blender. And that yeah. saves all the time. But, but you're like, do you remember when I threw the ground beef? I do. <laughs> How could anyone forget when you threw the ground beef? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Like, I'm just so mad at, like, getting things wrong when you're alone because it's all on you. Yeah. You're the one who did the wrong thing. Yeah. And it's hard, too, to keep that contained because, I like, I don't want, I don't want Lexton to think every little mistake you need to beat yourself up because I, right. I genuinely don't believe that. No, but you do need, sometimes you need, sometimes you, in the moment, uh, in the heat of that moment, no pun intended, right. you need the perspective. Yes. And sometimes the perspective is just having someone else in the room who has a calm look on their face like, oh, oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yep. Or, or to see, sometimes it's even helpful to see that they're not calm and to witness that and realize like, there's really no reason to, to act that way. And I was I was washing a, a wine glass and somehow like broke it, cracked the glass, and Lexton was drying dishes and he was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't believe that happened." And I didn't say anything for a minute. I was like, I finally I looked at him I'm like it's just a glass. Like we'll throw it away and no one got cut. It's totally. But I could see mm -hmm. like he was super distraught about it, and it made me realize how ridiculous it is to be that distraught about something that minor yeah and was also probably good for him to see like oh yeah it's not really a big deal you know it's not a big deal we'll get it cleaned up it's fine we'll get it swept up it's not a big deal right and there's not mom soup does not need to so. throw the ground beef at the floor right. It's fine right that is a good life lesson <laughs> but it's i think it will be especially for you these next four weeks or so a really interesting time because not only are you coming from a place of, of being Heather, the single mom for so long, but it's, it's that time of year where there's, I mean, whether you put a lot of expectations on yourself, everybody does, I think around the holidays, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of family. There's a lot of tradition and it you will inevitably find yourself out of your comfort zone a lot, I think. A lot. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. As an adult who was in a comfort zone for a very, very long time by herself. Right. A, a semi-uncomfortable comfort zone. Semi-uncomfortable, yes. But you but, settle in and... Yeah. Yeah, and two years ago when they were in New York for Christmas, that was... A very, 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 very bad week. Very that, bad you week. You were home, right? You were supposed to be gone, but you I ended up home. being home? 
I, I was I had a, a a trip planned and I had I had to cancel it because I couldn't imagine I could not imagine getting on a plane because I was so 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 down on myself. Yeah. So this year they will be in New York again. Normally we grant each other legally whoever has a Christmas holiday gets the full two weeks, but we have always been generous to each other and one of us gets Christmas and one of us gets New Year's. Oh, that's nice. But this this year they're going to be in New York for both holidays. And I can honestly say that I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with the thought of that. Um, and you're going to be home. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be home. It's awesome yeah. to acknowledge that. It's awesome to acknowledge that. And, I, and it's also, you know, I want... I want that. I want someone who needs to hear that to hear that. That it it got so much better for me in terms of being away from my kids and letting them go enjoy their time, understanding that they're very well care, cared for. Not that that not that I didn't think that they were cared for. It was just the loneliness of being alone on Christmas. But it gets better, and and I know I'm not alone this Christmas, but. I'm not going to be with my kids. They're not going to be here. I, you know, Marlo still believes in Santa. I think she's one of the last kids in her class. Oh God, I hope she's not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine if she is. Santa's totally real. Santa's, Santa's totally real. You know, Santa's always a fun thing with her and it's okay. It's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think for anyone else who's kind of in that similar position, Remember that it's okay to be okay with it. Like, I think it's really easy to get stuck in this. Like you've, you've cleared that hurdle of now you're not sad that they're gone. So you're kind of excited or okay with it. And then you feel guilty. Uh Like I said, Lexton was gone the entire week of Thanksgiving. It was awesome. (laughs) I don't hate him. It's not that I want him gone, but it was amazing to have that time. And I don't feel bad for thinking that. Oh, do you think that I miss my kids when I'm in Paris? Oh, right. Exactly. Exactly. You no, don't have to feel guilty. Not at, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. No. And there's, I mean, there's always things, I think, when you're away from them where you'll do something or think of something like, oh, you know, Lita would like this or, or Marla would like whatever. But you can still enjoy the thing without feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. The holidays are an extra. There's that, that extra layer because of the holidays, but you can totally do it. There's no shame in that. No. Take yourself out. And and it's, I guess it's not quite like that for you because you're not alone. No. Right? I mean, both of Cowboy's kids are there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And they, I believe they will be here for Christmas the yeah. whole time. So, yeah. So this will be the first time ever that you've woken up without your kids, but not without kids. Right. Interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. So many changes in one year. Holy shit. Yeah, you know, and it also it's interesting to think about the people in my life who can relate to this situation. Um, like I think about my mom and my dad, but like neither of my siblings have any idea what any of this means. But my mom and my dad do. Right. And then I have a lot of friends who are still very happily married, and they've never been in this sort of situation. And it's not like a special situation that I'm calling it, but like being able to call someone and go, can I talk to you about how I'm feeling about this? Like I called my dad the other night. I called my dad. Wow. And now we're, yeah. 
I called my dad and I was like, dad, I need some advice. And he had it for me because he's been, he's been through almost the exact situation that I'm in. Wow. And yeah. And that was probably cool for him. I actually just had to send him to voicemail. He's calling to check up on me. Like just now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Did he text first? Oh, he did not. Oh, man. Of course he didn't. Well. But I know that he thinks, I know that he knows that my reaching out to him was huge. And I'm so grateful for the insight that he gave me. Because he he's lived through this. He's lived every moment that I'm living right now. Like in almost the exact same way. So... Why wouldn't I call him when he's available and wants to, he, his favorite thing in life is to dispense advice. So I just gave him like the biggest Christmas present ever. I right. called him and I said, hey, dad, I need your advice. And he's like, oh, yes, I've been waiting for this day. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Yeah, it's good to have, especially in not a unique situation. I mean, I think a, a lot of people go through that, but in a in kind of a, a less common situation to have someone to turn to who, who totally gets it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty great. So I think depending on how you look at it, this was a really depressing episode, but <laughs> well, it wasn't really one question. It wasn't. You're going to be in your new house, right? I will. Oh my God. What? It's the tw- 20th, yeah. like two weeks. So this is a big change for you too. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is a big month. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be wild. Oh, my God. It is two weeks. Holy shit. <laughs> it's going to be wild. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a lot all at once. Yeah. And I think the biggest challenge for me, and just because of my personality, not even because I'm single, is I still in the back of my mind, though I know it is absolutely impossible, I have this wild plan of somehow moving and getting everything unpacked and fully settled by Christmas. There's no way that's going to happen. Like I, it just won't. Maybe if I could take the the time off between closing and Christmas, but I can't. Right. I have, I have deadlines that I have to do, so there's just no way. And it's funny because I've kind of been preparing Lexton for that. Like, you know, we're still probably going to be living out of a number of boxes on Christmas. And I realized that I'm really just preparing myself for that because he doesn't care. Like he, yeah. he's totally fine with it, but I'm trying to get myself in that headspace where if there's a room full of boxes, then there's a room full of boxes and that will be weird. I think the feeling of upheaval around the holidays will be strange mm-hmm. and I have to buy shovels. You have to buy shovels. Yeah. Oh God. And salt. Oh, God. I know. And we, we actually, last year, I believe, maybe the last two years, snow has been fairly mild. We just got Don't slammed say that out loud. Like two days Don't ago. Don't say that out loud. <laughs> I know. I mean, the the first day back, I mean, Lexington only has those two classes at the public school, but schools were closed on Monday. Oh, my God. Yeah. For this, because of snow? Yeah. It was like, well, I think it was a combination of snow and wind, but other places mm. got 10 inches. We probably got... I don't know, six-ish. But wow. it was like it raining and then freezing rain and then snow and then 30 mile an hour winds. Damn. To the point where they called school at six o'clock on Sunday. So they just threw in the towel like Holy early shit. on. Yeah. That's crazy for your part of the country. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
it's the, the area that I'm in. They're they're pretty pretty easy with the snow. Honestly, I mean, I told my sister who's in Wisconsin, and they never close schools. She could have gotten double that amount of snow and below zero temperatures, and they still would have gone. Right. But down here, no. And I, I could have to do. I think that the zoning is weird, and it pulls from such a large area that you know if half of it gets hit really hard or the plows haven't made it out there they have to they have to call it still ridiculous though oh what who what is this whole climate change thing it's cold right. it's snowing it's snow oh, God. <laughs> oh don't even remind me about that i try to try to tune that out i know i know so much let's concentrate on the loneliness that's right (laughs) that's right because that's far less depressing than concentrating on everything else that's actually happening with people we would love to hear as john and i were texting about this i said you know i bet a lot of people even in relationships sort of dig their heels into a sense of loneliness and don't know either how to get out of it or why they're doing it or what the meaning of it is and if if you want to talk about it we would love to hear from you if you have any secrets as to making better soup i'd also love to hear that because <laughs> i may be wrong so well you were probably right because yeah because it was steaming you could see the steam rising like and i was afraid that some of the i was afraid that some of the soup that had splattered on the on, on the on the cabinets was going to burn the cabinets <laughs> oh yeah well then it, then it was probably the heat <laughs> yeah so we would love to hear from you always. Um, you can email us stories at manicramblings.com. And you can find us online, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at manicramblings and on Patreon. It's Giving Tuesday that we're recording this. Oh, that, yes, it <laughs> if you'd is. Like to, if you'd like to contribute two bucks, five bucks, ten bucks a month, that would be great. Keep us up and running. Patreon.com slash manicramblings. What's the URL of your site again? Oh, yeah. Uh, for my newsletter, which goes out twice a month, it is johnbraybooks.com slash MRS. So definitely sign up. And until until next time, do know that it, it gets a lot better. One day, you're either going to be super, super, super fine saying something alone, or you get to turn to the person next to you and go, wow, isn't this fucking crazy? Awesome. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.